I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to the Poisoner's Cabinet. I'm Sinead. And I'm Nick. And this is your weekly podcast exploring the lives of the great poisoners and poisoning cases from across the centuries and creating curious cocktails inspired by the tales that we tell. And it's episode 46 and Happy New Year! Merry New Year's 2021. We made it through 2020! Yes! yes. It's so, exactly the same! Well, indeed, yeah. So, <laughs> me saying it can only get better seems like just tempting fate at this point. So, um. <laughs> Should we have that D-Ream song just playing really yes. optimistically and obnoxiously all the way through this episode with us rocking back if and forth? If we do that, we'll be dead by the end of the episode. So, No, no doubt. How are you, Nick? I'm all right. Yay. Can't complain. Aww. I think I've survived 2020. That I'm still alive at this point. I think you have too. Unless, as we have established before, you could be a ghost. There, there is this distinct possibility. Yes, because um, I've only seen you in Zoom form, really. <laughs> I only exist in Zoom form. Any New Year's resolutions? Um, no. No. To be honest. <laughs> because I always do them, and then I always go, oh, fuck that, can't be asked. Do you make resolutions? Well, no, I don't. But I think, this year I'm going to lose weight. This year I'm going to stop that. This year I'm going to do this. I never do any of it. Um, <laughs> I start off for about three days going, yes, and then I go, oh, bugger it, I want some cake. These um, are all thoughts that we have, like, late at night after a heavy day going, yeah, yeah, tomorrow, absolutely going to exactly, get up at 6am yeah. and go for a run. And then 6am comes and like, uh, bacon. 6am comes, I'm going, oh, I fancy a gin. Um, so, <laughs> so I'm not after bad, this so. year, I think it's fine. <laughs> My New Year's resolution is to see anyone, anyone in a pub once. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and I can't do dry January because of the podcast so i blame everyone who listens to this for forcing me to drink you see i was thinking that again new year's day when you you know the best of best of intentions going ahead and thinking i might not do the whole of dry january but might have a week or two off of the alcohol which is huge no, for us no and there was a, a sincere thought that went through my head of like we could maybe do don't, a selection you, of... don't say it don't say it don't say it don't I know say what it. you're gonna say don't say it. What, virgin cocktail? insulting to everyone. <laughs> yes. No. None of this non-alcoholic malarkey. There are some people, uh, sh- shockingly, who don't drink, who listen to our show. Mad. And I know, well done for persevering through all of this sober. <laughs> like, we could do some virgin cocktails. And then another voice came into my head going, what are you talking about? That's awful. <laughs> Back to bed with you. Back to your gin cave. No, none of that. Any poisonings this week? No, I don't think so. Again, so I haven't seen many people, really. Um, no. So I don't know and I don't watch the news anymore because it's just generally far too depressing do you, did, were you watching the news just for updates on what you had done the news does not often report on me personally <laughs> I must admit well that's what I was asking is you know if you if you poisoned anyone going well I haven't seen anything I haven't checked the news to see what I've been doing in my sleep oh I thought you were talking poisonings more generally not me personally having murdered many people oh, well I wasn't asking if there have been poisonings in the world I, I don't know why it's taken us 46 episodes to establish this every time I <laughs> so fact, every, every week you've actually asked me Nick have you killed anyone this week yeah in fact was what you've been asking <laughs> right okay the answer is still no. <laughs> oh, it's good. We're starting the new year off on the right foot. I don't think there needs to be any poisonings this week because we've only just about recovered from the Christmas Day episode and the poisoning that was done to our liver <laughs> with the True four enough. cocktails four that cocktails happened. in one day. It was impressive going. It wasn't just in one day. It was over the space of about an hour and a half for us. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> 
it was a very condensed selection. And it was so nice to see everyone sharing their cocktails on Christmas Day with us. But you know what we need to do, Nick? What? What do we need to do? Start of a new year, we need to start as we mean to go on, by thanking people, being thankful. And we should start by thanking our Patreon subscribers. We should indeed. They are delightfully marvellous people um, who are still joining us. You're crazy folk, but you're very welcome and we love you. Um, so thank you very much to Slanty. Excellent name. Mr. or Mrs. Slanty. I like you. Slanty. Mm. Slanty. And thank you to Joe Lucking. Thank you guys for joining us on the Patreon journey. You're very sexy. Yes, absolutely. Before we started this, Sinead was regaling me about all the stupid things I say that are due to go out on the next, <laughs> the next Outtakes episode. <laughs> Most of which I cannot remember at all saying, but I'm sure I did. It's a, um, it's a joy re-editing those because I do just save everything and just stick them in a file. I was like, I'll edit those later. And then listening back to 20 minutes of our mistakes and mad <laughs> ramblings and strange tangents that I go off on. And then you remember like, oh, when did we talk about this? And it's it's a joy. And you Patreon subscribers, you get to listen <laughs> to all of the bonus outtakes as well as an extra episode every single week. So well worth joining us if you like what we do. Well, Nick. Yes. Are you ready to drink cocktails and talk about poison? Who doesn't want a cocktail on New Year's Day? Who doesn't? We need one. Hair of the dog. Or, depending on how your hangover is, guys, we could drink poison and talk about cocktails. <laughs> that would be quite a bad hangover to go with that option, I feel. <laughs> We've all been there once. We've all been had that hangover <laughs> where you do little bit of your brain just goes if i died it would just be a lot easier <laughs> death i welcome death i've had a good life yeah hopefully none of you are in that sort of state but it's it's <laughs> locked down new year's eve so god knows what people have been making in their own houses i can't imagine there'll be many many parties going on this evening i have to say no but there's a party for one or two and then you're just mixing red wine and, and tequila together and seeing what happens because <laughs> Okay, we're not leaving the house for a few weeks. So hopefully you guys are all feeling well. But you know what? We're going to go with the first one. Hair of the dog. Get a cocktail down you. Best cure for a hangover. Definitely. Well, it is Nick's story this week for episode 46. Hooray, hooray, hooray. But of course, we can't, we can't, we can't possibly tell a story without a cocktail in hand. Indeed not. As it is Nick's story this week, he got to choose the secret ingredient inspired by the tale that we tell and will flavour our cocktail. And this week's secret ingredient is, Nick? Is, it is a banana, or several bananas, potentially. Not just the one. Um, <laughs> a banana. Bananas. A-N-A-N-A-S. So, yes. Yes, I mean, many people have commented on this, saying... Oh, yes. <laughs> is this well, just now an excuse? tell the people, is this just an excuse to use up the banana liqueur that you bought for one cocktail, but two weeks ago, I think? Well, well yes, see. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. huh. mm. so, on... After the last banana-based cocktail, the uh, fruit salad uh, was posted on the Facebook. There was a comment by one of our delightful followers, Francis Marshall. Um, So hello out there. Thank you so much. Inspired by you, my darling. Thank you. Who posted a link to a website that listed loads of poisonous who had used food-based poisons or poisons within food. One of those poisoning stories was banana-based. So I did think at that point... Hurrah, I have another excuse to, to use the banana liqueur. Um, so that is what we have this week. Um, we have a banana-based story and a banana-based cocktail. See, Francis, that is the kind of work we like from our fans. Not only linking to different poison stories, but with cocktails involved as well. Perfect. You win all the prizes. Absolutely. You win 2021. Have a banana. Have a banana. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so with bananas uh, as your inspiration and this wonderful resource. Absolutely. So with bananas, we have a cocktail... Yeah, I think Sinead will identify with, potentially. Uh, we'll be right up her street. Uh, we have the, the Psycho Killer. <laughs> yes, that's the name of it. <laughs> that's the name of it. Perfect psycho way to killer. start 2021 with a Psycho Killer cocktail. Perfect way to start the new year. I love it. I was getting worried when you were talking about bananas and up my street and things. I was like, well, where is this going? I don't know. Psycho Killer. That's a, also, I never would have gotten from banana to that. No, <laughs> wondering what no. the killer did <laughs> banana is but one of the many ingredients um, in this cocktail so we shall see where the episode leads us i feel this sounds amazing already we're already off to a roaring start for the new year nick as ever being the wonderful master mixologist that he is has delivered me a little bottle of special liquid so we're going to go into our isolation kitchens and shake up a storm so we'll see you in a minute i'll see you in a bit 
And we're back. Hello. A psycho killer. I am liking the look of this one. I mean, it is a beautiful colour. It's a beautiful. I think it's almost neon. Mm. I don't know if you're getting that as well because I've got the computer screen light is kind of reflecting it, giving that beautiful sort of orangey red neon it's quite stunning cyberpunky kind of yeah yeah Ooh, love it so well hopefully it's gonna it's gonna taste as good as it looks we we do we do have a bit of a history with good looking cocktails being a bit eh. yeah but the brown ones brown cocktails <laughs> are the best um, so i'm hoping this this may be better indeed you now refuse to tell me what's in a cocktail before i, I taste yes. it well i knew there's banana in here and i'm shocked yes. i'll be absolutely shocked if it isn't that liqueur that you're desperately trying to use up <laughs> <laughs> but uh, i think it's time to dive in so a psycho killer yes. wish us luck guys psycho killer. Cheers. merry christmas what the fuck was that yeah what the fuck was that <laughs> what's just happened oh that's huh? that's that's oh that's that's weird that's weird that is a strange drink i don't know what to say i'm, I'm in shock <laughs> i'm in that shock has actually taken me surprise surprise that's the most surprising i think that is i don't think either of us have had that reaction at the same time before no that's a weird one so i'm getting the impression of there's something like a campari in there there's something bitter because there's a lot of bitterness going on now and then it's you get waves of flavor going through it yeah but the first sip is so aggressive <laughs> okay second sipper <laughs> yeah do it it's the, yeah do it that's what you think <laughs> is it like okay right so second sip sorry guys that was great that was great audio material of us just going all right oh this is so weird sorry okay psycho killer is living up to its name yeah it really is <laughs> okay yeah oh it's le- okay it's less violent the f- the first hit has dulled us we're, we're stunned and now it's going to work okay the second sip is less aggressive yes now i'm getting more of a floral and a slight sweetness there's still that bitterness there oh god it's definitely in the negroni category isn't it where it's the first it sip is, is hell yeah. and then the third sip's yeah, heaven well, exactly yeah that's why i say go go for the go for the second and the third and it, it mellows down surprisingly fast but that first but one wow oh yeah that's a slap around the face okay so you got to talk that, us through it now that, that's <laughs> i'm slightly bemused by that i have to say that's the one of the first cocktails that's made me go oh i don't know i don't know what that was um, but you say we have a, we have a base of irish whiskey <laughs> right so that is the okay that is the, great the, the base bush mills the i take it uh yes indeed yeah um you're right we do have campari which is that really bitter bitter taste that gets mm. slightly gets less as you as you become used to your palate becomes used to it like a negroni it mm. becomes less but this is um slightly bizarre in the the campari here is actually being infused with cocoa nibs um wow <laughs> so, okay it, a campari infused yes, with cacao nibs indeed. witchcraft it, witchery it quite i've never had such a thing campari infused with cocoa nibs only for an hour and a half or so sitting in there so it's not like oh, a okay it's not one you have to plan weeks in advance so you've got that then yeah we do have the banana <laughs> the banana cure going a banana that's, in there <laughs> that's it that's in there as well then we also have creme de cacao a white chocolate liqueur to enhance Jesus the slightly chocolatey flavour. And then lastly, to really enhance the, the psycho killer sort of theme we have going on. Yeah. There are a few dashes of absinthe. No. <laughs> what? What? What is happening? So, happy new year. <laughs> this is a nightmare in a glass. I mean, it doesn't taste that bad. It's actually, but what? It's, in, it's oh interesting. Oh my God. Now you know the stuff's in there. You can taste the chocolate. You can taste the banana. You can taste the Campari. Yes. It's in there. <laughs> it's really weird. It's not unpleasant. And I'm getting a bit of the absinthe as well. That's the mystery flavour that I was missing. And it's such a small <laughs> amount of absinthe. Wait, so so we've got whiskey, then Campari, so bitter orange, then a banana you've thrown in there, then some chocolate, and then some absinthe, just for the hell of it. Pretty much. That is a 4am... I don't want to work tomorrow. I'm going to see what happens. My wife has left me kind of <laughs> concoction that you've taken and what happens happens kind of deal. <laughs> I mean, oh it's God. it's an impressive one. I mean, this is, I mean, I'm not going to say it's a classic. It's it's not one that traces its roots back for generations and years and years. It was actually developed in 2014 at Dead Rabbit 
in New York, which Ooh. is quite a famous cocktail bar. Mm. And it was developed by one of their bartenders there. Do you think it works? I I actually do. I quite like it. Um, it's just weird enough that I like those really bizarre flavours. I do quite like it. It's a one-off for me. It is literally on the cusp of being an absolute incident in a glass. It could very well go that way, but it's just teetering, hanging on the edge of still being quite lovely. So it I works. I wouldn't have more than one. I wouldn't have a second I one. I would not have a second one. It just, just is a one-off and it's a big glass as well. It's a hefty measure. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a big, it's a large amount, especially if there's no citrus or anything like that. There's, there's nothing to dilute it. It's pure alcohol. You want one of them. I'm going to go out and say it, guys. You want one of these because it's absolutely insane. And you will probably have the same reaction of, ah, what's happened to me? And then you're like, and then it kind of grows on you. But the combination should not work. If you told, if someone rocked up to you, I mean, actually, if they rocked up to you, Nick, you would go bring it on because you no, know how flavours work. The, the the rest of us mere mortals would probably go <laughs> banana and absinthe and chocolate and Campari. Get out of here, Satan! <laughs> and whiskey. Banana and whiskey, that classic oh, combination. God. Banana and whiskey. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Surprisingly good. I just have a, an image in my mind of a giant banana in a glass of whiskey stirred. <laughs> there we are, infused with flavour. With a bar of dairy milk on the side. There we go. <laughs> That'll do. <laughs> there will be some people lacking the ingredient. They'll have everything else apart from the banana bit. And they'll just go, we can just put a bit of banana in there and some vodka. It'll be fine. <laughs> well, a psycho well, killer, true to its name. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a good one to start the new year with. And it'll kill you. And we all know what absinthe does to us as well. We get very giggly on absinthe. So I think it's going to be a good episode, hopefully, if we're alive by the end of it. Well, you say that we must also tell a story this episode. With our psycho killers firmly in hand, but suspicious, obviously, of what its next move might be. Are you going to take us on a journey? I am going to tell you an exciting story. Woohoo! And this is a very good week for it to be your story because this cocktail is so strong and I don't have to say anything now. <laughs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So we are starting the new year, starting 2021, with a tale of Angette Donovan Lyle. Ooh, good name. Yes, indeed. Angette. Good name. Angette. Angette. So Angette is born in the US state of Georgia in 1925. Georgia, Georgia. Quite. She is from an average middle-class family. Now, unlike many of our episodes where they're like, oh, no, they were definitely poor and everything's terrible, <laughs> um, she was like, quite comfortably off. And she has a fairly unremarkable childhood. She wasn't down the farm, sort of, or down the mine with a plough on her back or anything like that. <laughs> she was having a, a fairly jolly childhood. Oh, good. She was an average student. The only thing that wasn't noted about her was that she had the most charming personality. She was a delight. And she was able to bend most people, twist them round her little finger. And more often than not, she got exactly what she wanted. Oh, never a good sign. Never a good sign. With a charming young girl, she's always <laughs> going to turn out to be an absolute bunny boiler. If anyone has ever read a crime novel. <laughs> I mean, after this relatively unremarkable childhood. Boring. Boring. Moving on. In 1947, at the age of 22, she marries Ben Lyles Jr. Ben Lyles is from the same town. He's from a similar middle class background. Boring. Uh, boring so boring they're boring um, she was boring he was boring they met in the street they went would you like some tepid water we shall meet in the park and look at the birds not the big birds they're too exciting 
They only the tiny, tiny beds. <laughs> His parents had opened Lyle's restaurant in downtown Macon. And after Lyle Sr. passed away, the restaurant passes to Ben. <laughs> after they're married, Angette moves to the apartment above the restaurant um, and starts working there with her husband and her mother-in-law. I think restaurant may be an overly fancy word for it. It is all-American all diner type. It's the centre of the community sort of thing. It is a good comfort soul food southern southern soul food good hearty oh i'm I'm on board for that here she finds her vocation she loves it she has a fantastic time um her natural charm and likability make her a hit with all the customers and it seems that the couple are onto a great thing two children soon follow they have marcia Mm -hmm. um in 1948 uh, so only a year later um and then carla follows in 1951 i like it i mean it it sounds idyllic and lovely however as with all great things it is not to last oh now prior to owning and running the restaurant ben lyles had been in the army at this time, so we presume he had probably fought in the, the Second World War, though I don't know whether in Europe or the Pacific. But it became obvious that he hadn't come away from the conflict unscathed mm. at all. Ben began staying out late. He was drinking heavily, rolling in drunk in the early hours. PTSD then, is he? Well, yeah, exactly. Obviously, desperately horrendous, stressful thing has happened to him and he mm. is suffering. He is diagnosed with rheumatic fever at the Veterans Administration Hospital in Dublin, which is a city not too far from where they are. Not, in fact, in Ireland. They sent him to Dublin. That would be excessive at best and also would not help his drinking. But the the doctors there believe that this this rheumatic fever has been caused by conditions he had experienced while in the army um, Mm. and his heart has been badly affected. Um, He is declared completely disabled unable to work and issued with a an army pension okay fair enough well it's fair enough absolutely awful awful things were seen in the war absolutely for sure and now from this point on he is scarcely seen at the restaurant only very rarely now and again he comes in grabs the day's takings and disappears oh off to some backroom poker game so he's taking his pension and he's taking any money that his mother-in-law and his wife are earning at the the restaurant well, he's not that unwell then is he uh, well mm. yeah if you've got enough money to go and gamble well quite in june of 1951 just after the second daughter is born ben lyles jr sells the restaurant okay this comes completely Why? out of the blue to his wife she has she is horrified she had they have not discussed this at all he rocks up he's, he's got a buyer for it it's just Jesus. we need to leave someone else is coming in he claims that his failing health means that he is unable to continue with the restaurant but seeing how he spends so little time there anyway and takes Mm. no interest in the run of the place it seems like an unlikely excuse he sells the restaurant for two and a half thousand dollars it's not a lot it is a stupidly cheap price no this is what 1940 late 40s we're in the 50s Oh, in the 50s? Um, oh, bloody hell. That's like, here's a tenner. There we are. Exactly. We're, we're 1950-51. Oh, I don't like him. I don't like yeah. him at all. He sells I, the I'm restaurants. sorry for his trauma during the war. Thank you. Thank you very, very much for your service. We're indebted to you. But there's a limit. There's a goddamn well, limit. Quite. Not a lovely diner. Not a lovely diner that's making money and you just want to sell it for your ill-gotten gains. Well, you precisely. He continues his drinking. Quite soon, his alcoholism becomes known to the doctors at the veterans hospital and his pension is reduced by 90 percent oh really they can they, do they that re- yeah they can do that they say well you're obviously you are not spending the money on living or supporting a family you are spending it on drink and Ooh. gambling therefore why should we why should the government prop up this habit this money could be much better put to use elsewhere with someone who is going to use it to better their life not just drink it away that's a so, bold step i didn't know they did that i mean in this yeah. case i'm thinking yes that that's quite a good idea apparently, you know? apparently so Angette and the two children are forced out of the restaurant mm. luckily they they still have a roof over their heads but she is forced to beg relatives for money take handouts from the church and things for clothes secondhand clothes for her children she has come from a really popular vivacious character known around town to to begging and she is humiliated 
by this, absolutely mortified that it's that it's come to this. God, I can imagine. In December 1951, Ben Lyles begins bleeding from the nose and mouth. He becomes delirious. His arms and legs swell, and sporadically his body goes rigid, or his limbs would go would spasm and convulse. On the 25th of January, Ben falls into a coma, and he never wakes up. Oh my God! The declared cause of death encephalitis mm-hmm. an inflammation of the brain the doctors believed was a result of his underlying rheumatic fever is it though so they explain well <laughs> they explain it away he has this diagnosis he's obviously a very troubled man uh. the death goes unquestioned and unremarked interesting mm. that makes me think i'm glad <laughs> <laughs> i'm thinking this maybe this is one of the cases where the doctors were leaning towards a diagnosis possibly knowing what the real one was but you know what let's just not raise questions shall, about this drunken we'll horrible discuss man Angette <laughs> <laughs> is now a widow with two small children no. she and her daughters move back to her parents home but she finds work in another little local restaurant yeah. she finds work as a bookkeeper this time and she is determined to learn as much about the business and the running of business as she can. Is she Mildred Pierce? Can I just point this out? <laughs> because it is brilliant. She is determined and incredibly hardworking mm-hmm. to make a better life for her. And only four years later, in 1955, she's able to buy back Lyle's restaurant. Aww. Yay! The restaurant that she believed her husband had stolen from her. Oh. Uh, she renames the restaurant Angette's. She's literally Mildred Pierce. This is this is the story. <laughs> this is great. This is great. Oh, God, it's Joan Crawford there with huge shoulder pads. I love it. <laughs> she has to pay $12,000 for the restaurant. <laughs> Sold now, it for two grand. Two and a half grand, four years Wait a minute, ago. two grand, 12 grand, that's... That's a lot. That's math I can't even do. It's 10 grand more. It's a lot of money more. Well, this is what it should have been sold for in the first place. <laughs> that was what the lawyer said. How much do we have to pay? A lot. So she's got her restaurant back. Um, she has. She is real bit rebuilding her place in mm-hmm. in the town. As we said before, the, the food is typical Southern fare. People flock there for the for the ambience and her her personality. Mm. She drives it forward, and people are attracted by her friendliness and outgoing personality. Mm. That's what you want in a in a good local restaurant. Well, yeah, it doesn't absolutely. have to be high cuisine. Just good, honest food. Exactly. It quickly becomes the most popular restaurant in town. I mean. Her customers include also businessmen, judges, attorney, uh, attorneys, <laughs> the civic one leaders. attorney they had. <laughs> the one attorney, yeah. Bob the attorney, he's been there. <laughs> God, he leads us out of house and home quickly. He always argues over the bill. <laughs> she was a headstrong woman mm. who sometimes stretched the boundaries of acceptable behaviour oh, really? in a 1950s small southern town okay what do you do she drives flashy sports cars yes she dresses yes. in the newest styles and fashions from new york and things like oh that oh my god i love her uh, she's incredibly flirtatious with male customers nice there are rumors and gossip around the town about her carryings on with various men but there's no concrete proof of anything as is her goddamn right well absolutely oh. i'm all there for it but 1950s small town america has perhaps not caught up with her particular lifestyle at the moment just picturing joan crawford through all this i'm sorry i can't get it out of my head i love that i have not watched mildred pierce and i have no idea what you're talking about how have you not seen mildred pierce (laughs) oh my god okay so joan crawford film later on it was made into a miniseries with kate winslet and guy pierce it was very good adaptation but the original proper melodrama you're going to talk of nothing but joan crawford well often i talk of nothing but joan crawford but (laughs) (laughs) she's great no wire hangers ever Right, moving on with the story. <laughs> Go ahead. In the late spring of 1955, Angette begins dating Joe Neil Gabbert, a pilot for mm-hmm. Capital Airways. The, the restaurant has become the go-to spot for airline employees at the nearby airport, and he is a mm. frequent visitor. Later that year, she accompanies Gabbert on a trip to Texas and then on to New Mexico, and the two surprise their friends and families by marrying in New Mexico on the 24th of June 1955 they have eloped they have told no one (laughs) they've gone to New Mexico though they have married causing yet more gossip and rumor throughout the town scandal well indeed now Gabbard is obviously he's, he's a pilot he's not often home his job takes him all over the country 
You would hope. Yes. Well, yeah, Angette is left to her own devices. Um, she's still <laughs> running the restaurant. She's still got stuff to do. Um, and every now and again, when he's back in town, he's back, which is marvellous. But... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's going on there <laughs> when he's back he's there he's there oh, oh. you're there oh you're there, oh, you're there. Oh, that's oh. where you are you're there <laughs> but only four months later gabbert is admitted to parkview hospital i know he what? has mm-hmm. developed a severe and incredibly painful rash that covers most of his body his oh. fever has spiked and his arms and legs begin to swell uh, oh now after oh, several oh. nights in hospital his symptoms begin to subside um yeah. and he's feeling so much better so much so that they release him uh, from the hospital and he is allowed to go home but within days of being home the symptoms begin to reappear they begin to return how how swollen are his arms and limbs is this just a light swelling that's noticeable or is he like the michelin man i, th- I think probably a light swelling i don't think we're sort of talking sort of like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory sort of <laughs> levels of swelling going on Bouncing here. his way yeah. to the hospital. <laughs> but notice, noticeable, painful swelling. Ooh, I don't think is... We haven't come across swelling yet. Well, no, we, we haven't. No. We have now. no, we haven't got a swelling, but now we have. He is readmitted to hospitals where doctors try but cannot find the, the cause of his illness. Gabbert never recovers. He is eventually transferred to the Veterans Hospital in Dublin, but he dies there on the 2nd of December, 1955. Well, mm, why is, why Gabbett, though? Nice, nice lifestyle. Everything seems fine. It would appear fine. so. Well, you, uh, yes, everything appears fine. Appears fine, but pulled back the curtain of suburbia. Well, well quite after the death, Angette is, is reported to have told several people that he was incredibly mean. Oh. That he was not a nice man in behind closed doors. He was oh. a vicious drinker. Now, whether that was true, I mean, being drunk on an airline pilot is not a good combination. So, it's well, it's not on the on the job, but it's also part of the job. Very much in the fifties. I mean, yes, I'm not. I'm, I'm not going to say that I've read a huge amount about pilots in the fifties, <laughs> but pilots in the fifties were celebrities. Like oh, literally sure. celebrity level. If you were a pilot, or if you were an air stewardess as well. But yeah, you were celebrity level. So you would be flying, but you would be wined and dined. You would be having mm. people flocking around you. And a lot of, you know, and this is again the time of like whiskey, 10 in the morning. Of course, yes, it's a business yeah. meeting. There we are. Mad men. Think mad men. Cross with Catch Me If You Can. And, and there's the picture. And no doubt he enjoyed a drink. But whether he was violent with it mm. or abusive or mean... I suspect potentially that was something that was made up. Well, we don't know. We don't know. Well, we don't. We don't know. But also, it was came out later that when a nurse asked Angette if her husband was insured, which seems like a strange thing for a nurse to ask, to be honest. Well, no, you would have to because in America there's no there's no public health. No, but this this is this refers to life insurance, not a medical insurance. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. Oh, oh. Angette is said to have replied, "Yes." And his mother won't see a penny of it. I've seen to that. Oh. Oh. So, yes, I I appreciate a a medical insurance question, but Mm. a more life insurance question seems like a strange thing for a nurse to (laughs) ask. It's not a very tactful way of going. If you're taking it, if you're saying, like, how is my husband? Well, first of all, do you have life insurance? (laughs) Well, yes. It may have been that type of conversation. Do you have life insurance? Because he's not doing too well. Oh, I've seen to it. Don't worry. <laughs> right. This did not go the way I was planning it to be. I was trying to be tactful and it didn't work. <laughs> oh, that's, oh, that is, uh, that is cruel. That is, that is beautifully cutting. I like that. Yes, indeed. Now, doctors want to autopsy um, the body, but Angers refuses. I promised him I'd never let anyone cut him up, she says. But the doctors do not need her approval no. for this and they proceed. But they find nothing unusual. They find nothing untoward really yes surprisingly so (laughs) (laughs) what he's swollen up like the michelin man maybe not the michelin man maybe in my head yes but but still nothing nothing but apparently they find nothing that would explain what has happened soon after her second husband's death lyles goes to the county county court to have her name changed from gabbert back to lyles again her first married name so not even her maiden name she changes it back to her the name of her first husband okay with the money she receives from the life insurance policy she buys a new car 
and a new house so it was a considerable sum she also sparks yet more disappointing gossip around town when only a few months after her husband's death um she begins dating yet another capital airway pilot a chap called bob franks oh right oh well you know which is mm, you know it's like oh his body's not even cold well again, yes. if, you're, if you're working your way around the capital airline pilots yeah, yeah not, she, not, she's uh, going through them all maybe branch out go to pan am <laughs> <laughs> now soon after she buys her her new home her first mother-in-law julia lyles moves in with her oh the elder Mrs. Lyles is lonely and she wants to be close to her grandchildren. Sure. Now, she spends most of her days at the restaurant that she and her husband had once owned, which now belonged to her daughter-in-law. One day, Angette is going through some of the older woman's possessions in a slightly sneaky going through someone's <laughs> stuff sort of way. <laughs> As you do. I don't know where you drop As... that in there. Okay, well, she's just going through all of her things. <laughs> well, she's, she's just going through all of her stuff, going, oh, what's this? Um, and she finds a bank book, which reveals that her mother-in-law has over $11,000 in savings. Mm. A considerable sum. Yes, and... the daily going through of your guests' things. I mean, if you stay yeah. at my house, I will go through your shit as well. I'll just go in there and just like, <laughs> oh, what, what face creams do they have? I'm not looking for your bank books. I'm just like, oh, have you got fancy... Hey, she got the fancy perfume <laughs> she's got the good soaps <laughs> don't stay at Sinead's <laughs> oh no do please <laughs> we're so lonely <laughs> I won't go through your stuff much much, much. Yeah, just a little bit she begins pestering Mrs Lars to make a will but Mrs Lars refuses to do so she is not going to be persuaded. Good for her. See, now we are going to have an interesting interlude in the story. <laughs> Wait, an interesting interlude? An interesting oh, interlude. Oh, I like that. To... An interesting interlude. Now, in many of the reports that I've read on this case, there okay. is reference that Angette is deeply superstitious. Oh, I like it. Incredibly so. She is a regular at fortune tellers and at voodoo practitioners. While many people would associate voodoo with sort of New Orleans and Louisiana, um, it is prevalent throughout the South, the Southern States. <laughs> um, and she does not have to go far yeah. into the more rural communities to find those that still believe and still practice um, these ways. And she's right there trying to learn what she can and talking to these these people. Now, she, it is reported that she tries to cast her own spells. She burns candles and performs her own rituals. Now, we do not know the the purpose or the goal of these rituals, but apparently it was not uncommon for restaurant staff to find her burning candles in the kitchen and speaking into the flames. In the kitchen? In the kitchen of the restaurant. The most sacred and... and, and After hours or something. <laughs> well, no, um, during that lunch service. <laughs> just during lunch service. Everyone's just like, more chicken and waffles. <laughs> yeah, spells, candles are everywhere. It's a strange thing that all these reports reference this aspect of her life. I don't know if it has any bearing on what she, what she did or what we're talking about, but it's a strange thing that was brought up time and time again, probably because it's got that sort of, oh, that's weird. <laughs> Vibe about she's it, a witch. And it's like oh, it's voodoo. She's a witch. Burn the witch. Fry the witch. Um, <laughs> Fry the witch. Well, that was the problem in the kitchen. Put her in the fryer. I I will speak on behalf of yes. Oh, I've never lit <laughs> candles and done a ritual before. Do that every season, quite frankly, <laughs> all the time. Yes, compared to let's go to church and burn incense and burn all the candles <laughs> for an hour. Oh, that's perfectly normal. <laughs> so maybe let's not judge her for her own particular practices. Ooh, no, no, no judgment whatsoever. It was just interesting thing that it was has been so heavily remarked upon mm. it has not it seems to have nothing to do with uh, the case yeah. or, or these deaths but it is it is linked to her story let's draw the fact that she's maybe into slightly pagany not christian arts or a different kind of religion that means she's evil yes us quite christians right, can indeed. judge everyone so sounds great well, quite. sounds great if she's in the middle of the kitchen in the middle of lunch service just lighting candles all everything please bless this chicken this <laughs> it'll be good <laughs> i mean do you think about it a restaurant is the probably the perfect cover they've got lots of flames they can chop up lots of animals lots of sacrificing going on it's uh i've i've ordered like a fuck ton of chickens <laughs> oh that i just kill god. for for lunch my god that's genius why aren't we doing yeah, that absolutely perfect cover <laughs> if we she was using her magic to achieve her ends we don't know she certainly wasn't hesitant about helping the spirits along with a bit of practical assistance of her own as well <laughs> now julia lyles the mother-in-law 
becomes ill in August of 1957. Shocking. Surprisingly so. Angette stays and cares for her during her month-long stay in hospital and she earns the admiration of everyone around for the devotion she shows to her mother-in-law. She often brings Mrs. Lyle's favourite food uh, from her restaurant to the hospital. Um, And that banana pudding was quite, quite the treat. (laughs) Her favourite thing was banana pudding. It was one of her favourite things, apparently, from the restaurant. Oh, my God! Um, that Angette would bring to her, spoon feed while she lied in bed. Tiny, tiny interlude here. Banana pudding. I actually don't know. I could look this up. I could Google it. But, you know, that's what our listeners are here for. I don't know what pudding is in America compared to England. So pudding in England is uh, another word for dessert. Um, but you might have, there's type like bread and butter pudding or uh, sticky toffee pudding. It's usually something suety, something quite heavy, cakey almost. Pudding is kind of an all-capsulating word. I feel like in America, pudding... I think it's something slightly more specific. Is it like mousse or something? Like, yes, like- Exactly. I think that's exactly the thing. It's almost yeah, like it's Angel Delight a... would be over here. Maybe yes. it's something moussey or like a something treat or something. Sort of. Yeah, that. So she's not getting yeah. a stodgy, lovely, delicious thing. She's just no, getting no, no. a moussey, no, moussey, moussey oh, thing. I'm sure. It's, I'm sure. It's, I'm sure. It's delightfully delicious. Uh, well, um, American listeners, please, please chime in on the notes of this episode <laughs> on uh, any of the social medias and tell us what pudding is. Tell us what pudding is. We could Google it, but we want you to tell us instead. It will be far more entertaining. <laughs> now, the, the doctors do not object in the slightest to this. They think that a, a taste of home would only help her recovery uh, <laughs> it's only going to encourage her to get better all the sooner yeah sure <laughs> but unfortunately they are never able to diagnose the the cause of her symptoms the vomiting the cramps the nausea the diarrhea they 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 can't they can't see why this no, is no no surely not no of course of course Angèle confides in the nurses that she is quite sure that her mother-in-law is not going to make it at one point she actually declares it doesn't look like she's going to live. And she produces a note, supposedly signed by Julia, authorising Angette to make funeral arrangements for her. What? She's still alive in the bed at this point. <laughs> but she supposedly signed signed something that said, yes, I'll be dead soon. Please arrange my funeral. Okay, does she not understand that's not how the hospitals work? She can't give a doctor a note and say, she just said she's going to be dead soon, so you have to make her dead. It's no what what she knows things that the others don't i suppose oh here's the funeral arrangements by the way she's still very much alive no 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 she signed a note saying she's gonna die tomorrow not for much longer (laughs) not for much longer now julia lyles does die on the 29th of september 1957 as her note would tell the banana pudding cure has proved unsuccessful bananas the greatest poison of them all (laughs) (laughs) she is buried beside her husband and her son A week later, Lars produces what she claims is her mother-in-law's will. Of course. In which the majority of her estate is left to Angette Lyles and her two daughters. Of course. Where else would it go? To the pudding factory. So two husbands and the mother-in-law behind her, and several, several very comfortable inheritances. People have still got no inkling whatsoever that anything is awry. But she's so charming. Just a very unlucky and increasingly tragic figure in town so desperately unlucky it's not until eldest daughter marcia grows ill no in the winter of 1958 that townsfolk become suspicious of all these deaths of the people closest to Angette Lyles. Marcia develops a fever. It is so high that the doctor that's called in um, to look on her admits her to hospital straight away. Angette follows her daughter down the hospital corridor. Quite bluntly spoke to the doctors. I think she's going to die. Jesus Christ. What? She's not a subtle, subtle woman. Okay, good. Right. At the same time, in a nearby city of Cochrane. What? Ah, taking your journey. (laughs) Right, okay, cut away, cut away. So in the neighbouring, cut away, cut away, to Julia Lyle's sister, Nora Bagley. She's sitting there and she receives an anonymous note. Through the window on a brick. Through the window on a brick. (laughs) Or possibly like slipped under the door or just in the mail. Far more subtle. Please come at once. She's getting the same dose at the others. Please come at once. (gasps) The note says. Oh, I love it. Who? What? Who? Who? Mm. Marcia's health rapidly deteriorates and she becomes delirious. She believes that bugs are crawling across her skin. Oh, Oh no. Poor thing. She'll soon be going home to little Ben and her grandmother, Angette predicts. What the? 
Fuck! What? Shush, woman! The girl dies on the 4th of April, 1958. Now, thankfully, Julia's sister has been suitably alarmed by this note, that she has gone to the hospital and she has spoken to Marcia's doctors herself. Unfortunately, it was too late to prevent a death. But an autopsy is performed on the child's body and they discover fatal quantities of arsenic. Arsenic alarm! Arsenic alarm! Okay. Arsenic alarm. Two things. How old is Marcia? She, um, I don't know the exact age now, but she's probably going to be, I think, early teens. Oh, God. Poor thing. So so still fairly fairly young here. Secondly, the swelling of the limbs with arsenic? Mm. Well, indeed. Yeah, there's some interesting Oh, symptoms. did she have Did she have swelling of the limbs? Did she have the same uh, Marcia things? didn't. She no, didn't. Marcia, Marcia didn't, have, not that I've read, she didn't have those particular symptoms. Oh, okay. Um, but we'll come back to that. We'll, we'll come back, we'll come back to that in a minute. But blah, yes, blah, blah. oh yeah. Oh, was it, was it the, was it the other sister who sent the note? Was it Carla? Did Carla send the note to her aunt saying, my, oh my, I'm, I'm tearing this case apart right now. Oh my God. <laughs> Edge of my seat, guys. <laughs> it is, it, oh, it's, it's, oh, I love it's it. very exciting. Yeah. Now, after they discover this arsenic in um, Marcia's body, the police are obviously immediately alerted. Investigations are begun and they discover the, obviously the death of um, or Marcia's father and then Angers' second husband and the, the mother-in-law and they decide right, we need to have a look at this. We need to really do some investigation here and they exhume the three other bodies and it is determined that all three have died of arsenic poisoning. <gasps> Gasp! And they all were swollen and had well, yeah, that is the Yes, arsenic. indeed. Mm. So that is a, that is a a symptom that we have not really come across before with a second husband the rash that was across his body yeah so not symptoms that are common with with arsenic yeah. um but apparently do happen i did do some research i did do some googling okay <laughs> hmm, not come across that before but it can happen apparently and it did mm. um i think perhaps with the first husband as well we also have to take into account there was the rheumatic fever mm. there as well so it could be a combination True of death. symptoms going on for yes that we one. don't know what the, uh, each of these people's medical history was so if you apart from Precisely. the little tiny bits of it and you don't know what quantity of arsenic was used you don't know what kind of arsenic was used because arsenic has uh, advanced from just rat poison uh, from the olden days well indeed but you say that but please begin a search of the Lars house <laughs> and turn they turn up several boxes of ant poison ant poison you see it's smaller so it has progressed um, to the ant poison jesus christ ant poison for ars- arsenic for ant poison that's a lot Apparently that's a so. that's, that, that's a bit much for the ants leave the ants alone that's just that's gonna they make also, them explode what the fuck? they also discover what is referred to in testimonials as her voodoo paraphernalia. Oh. Just a very dramatic way of saying, oh, she's got a box of candles. Um, <laughs> she has a box of candles and a feather. She's a witch! <laughs> she had a bra in the house. No! Surely not. Surely not. On the 6th of May, 1958, Lars is arrested and charged with four counts of murder. The case becomes an immediate sensation and her mm. trial attracts actually worldwide attention huge crowds stand outside the courtroom hoping to glimpse at what one paper refers to as the glamorous platinum haired widow she is she is known she's not the georgia borgia which i think they've missed out they they missed a trick on that one is that what you were thinking the whole time that's what i was thinking i was thinking georgia Georgia borgia that's a great one yeah that's damn good that's damn good (laughs) that's fun to say that one the glamorous platinum haired widow is terrible actually for a headline yeah whoever was writing that up the glamorous platinum haired widow would you not consider georgia borgia shut up it's my paper (laughs) that was a work experience kid going on there (laughs) now during the trial witness after witness are brought before the jury um and they testify against Angette. The sheriff's office introduce a piece of paper taken from Angette's house uh, where the name Julia Lyles has been written over and over and over and over and over again on this piece of paper. A handwriting analyst shows that Julia's signature on the funeral note and the will are forgeries. Complete fakes. So this piece of paper is obviously Angette's practice runs. Mm. Why the hell you wouldn't throw something like that away? I have no idea. If, if you're also going to walk around a hospital going, she'll be dead by the morn. I don't think you're going to be that careful about stuff. She's probably that arrogant that she thinks it's going to work. Well, indeed. Others also testified that Julia's hands were 
so useless at the end of her illness that there was no way she could have written or signed anything. Restaurant workers also state that they have overheard Angette speaking about Julia and saying, the old devil, I hate her. I wish she were dead. Oh, for God's sake. Which is, why would you say such a thing in public? Particularly if you've killed many beforehand. Yes. Another employee relates a comment that Angette has made about her daughter. She says, I'm going to kill that little lyle looking son of a bitch. It is the last thing I ever do. Just fairly cut and dried. Yeah. Which is, yeah, absolutely. There's not a lot of nuance around there. For a mother to say against their daughter, no matter how much of a bastard the husband, the father may have been, to say such a thing as that is a... Oh, she's, she's a horrible, evil, evil, She's evil a nasty, woman. nasty person. The husband of a waitress has heard the same thing. Plus, Angette telling Marcia that if she doesn't sit down and behave, she's going to kill her. Oh, it's a bit harsh. One of Marcia's hospital doctors reports that when he tells Angette that Marcia was improving, that she responds, well, it can't last much longer. She's going to get worse again. Oh, for God's sake. And he says this to a doctor at the hospital. So she's very publicly willing people to die. After a week-long trial, the jury only need one hour to return a verdict. (laughs) Guilty. Guilty. Angette Lyles was sentenced to death in the electric chair. Oh. The appeals start almost immediately. Yeah. Straight away. Um, In prison, Angette claims to have found God. In prison? He was there? He was there the whole time? He was there in the cell next door. He was doing hard time. (laughs) She acts increasingly strangely for the benefit of the psychiatrists who are sent to to see her. Because she wants an insanity plea. Precisely so. Her appeals are rejected. And she is transferred to Reesville State Prison for execution. In front of the Georgia Board of Pardons and Paroles, she says, I didn't murder, I didn't kill. She does admit to forging Julia's will, Mm. but she is returned to death row. Well, then who killed them? If she forged well, stuff, then who who killed them? She has no excuse, no identification of whoever did kill no. them. Uh, I forged the will. Eh. I didn't kill anyone. But in a further twist, the governor, the governor of Georgia, grants a stay of execution. Okay. Again, before the board of pardons and paroles, she not only this time accuses Julia, her mother-in-law, of killing Ben Lyles, oh. Angette's second husband, Joe, and also then committing suicide... Mm-hmm. But she claims that her own mother, Jetta Donovan, who has stood by Angette throughout this, is the one who killed Marcia. Right, sure. No. Utter bollocks, bollocks. going on there. Bollocks, woman, was the verdict, I think, from the board. It was just bollocks written across everything. But she's also onto something, because after all these claims and outbursts and random things, um, plus the reports from the psychiatrists, the board are convinced that she is, in fact, utterly insane. She's absolutely crazy. Mm. But they are also scared or worried that if they reduce her sentence, that there would have been a public uproar, absolute fury of this. So they actually speak to the governor and they get the governor to appoint a sanity commission comprised of a psychiatrist, a psychologist and a medical doctor to rule once and for all on her state of mind okay so a bit like a sanity clause oh that's silly there ain't no sanity clause ah <laughs> uh, uh, so funny the diagnosis comes back chronic paranoid schizophrenia okay and by georgia law they cannot execute an insane person Angette is transferred to the milledgeville state hospital with the instruction that if she was ever cured of her mental illness she should go straight to the electric chair <laughs> okay <laughs> so she got to act mad now she's got to act mad for, for many an many long years time. <laughs> in the in the hospital Angette studies her magic arts and she tells fortunes with playing cards to other inmates she tells a friend now this is where i'm going to call on Sinead's expertise for crazy evil american lady okay right <laughs> so <laughs> I'm not sure how to feel about that, but go. I'm going to go with it. I'm going to go with it. <laughs> so, oh, oh, he's sharing a screen. screen. He's sharing a screen. Okay, yes. So, I want you to. I want, it's just your, a lot of porn right now. There's an awful lot of porn going on there. <laughs> but in your best crazy Southern American lady accent, I want you to to read that highlighted. Section. Oh God, Southern accent. I'm trying to think. I'm so sorry if I just do a generic <laughs> Southern accent. So I'm going to get a Southern accent like that. They think I'm crazy as hell. And I'm going to let them keep thinking it. Because if they don't, they are going to fry my ass. 
That is exactly what she says to a friend at the hospital. <laughs> and she pulls it off. She convinces them that she is crazy as hell for the rest of her stay. <laughs> well, yeah, she fair spends enough. twenty years being crazy. Every morning she has a pillowcase on her head and two pencils <laughs> up her nose. She dies December the fourth, nineteen seventy-seven, at the age of fifty-two. In a rather strange twist of fate, at the end, Angèle Lyles is buried beside her husband and her daughter, <laughs> two people that she herself has sent to their graves. God. There's a story of Angette Lyles, the crazy, crazy Georgian lady. Amazing! I love that story. Yay! Oh, she's not Mildred Pierce, I've decided. She's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> she moved on from Mildred Pierce. She definitely moved on from Mildred Pierce. Everyone watch Mildred Pierce. Great film. But, um, yeah. Oh, no. Oh, she a crazy bitch. The thing is, she had everything... She had it all set up. I can understand. Well, mm, mm, caveat, caveat. When we say we understand things, we're never condoning murder, people. <laughs> Glad to hear but first husband, bit of a shit, complete drunkard, gambler, sells the business from under her. Yeah, slips him, slips him the poison. But then she has mm. the the captain, the, 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 pilot, the pilot. The pilot seems like a perfectly lovely chap. Exactly. Um, but then she so... just does away with him. Yep. To doesn't want to be. Well, I suppose you're a woman in the fifties. You're going to be controlled, and maybe your husband is going to be a bit of a shit. Maybe um, so. So maybe there's that. But then, yeah, the sympathy just runs out after that. To to I've go got for ma- mother-in-law. I see you've got a lot of money. Therefore, literally, yeah, off you go. Yeah, I that was greed. Money. Yeah, and then the daughter as well. And then the daughter is just insanity. Is just there's no reason whatsoever for that if you've um, got a bad relationship go to counseling just just, just so do something just else a, spend some time apart terrible show one thing that i came across as well is that at the at marcia's funeral she was heard saying to someone that carla their their younger the younger daughter um mm. she said she had heard saying that how carla wanted to join marcia and her father in heaven oh for god's sake i find that very unlikely that carla yeah. has said that it was just no child's gonna want to do that planning her next adventures it moves from this quite sort of melodramatic picture of a wife in the 50s and trying to make her own way to all the talk in the hospital of oh oh she's definitely going to die soon oh don't worry she'll get worse oh my daughter she wants to die my other daughter she wants to die as well it just seems to spiral into utter insanity it is insanity i can understand the commuting of the death sentence in that case because she's crazy she's gonna then have to act proper crazy for the rest of her days oh, yes. <laughs> she absolutely is she's got to keep that act up um but to be fair she is crazy well that's that's true actually it's probably not much of an act um but she's gonna but it depends it depends on the level of, of crazy there is if she said what she has said in the in the hospital um yeah. she was obviously aware had that much self-awareness that mm. she knew if she were to come across as sane then she would have been for the chair i I think every all of her actions seem to point towards this was premeditated everything that she did was premeditated she is crazy she has mental illness clearly on that much more obscure level of just she crazy why the fuck is she doing this but she was clearly planning it out and she wasn't not in control of her faculties when she did all of this but then to pretend that she was just crazy and fleeing arsenic around (laughs) willy-nilly to certain people who were very close to her is ridiculous but then she has to play that dance for the rest of her life to escape the chair. Yeah, she wasn't crazy. She wasn't that kind of crazy. She was a different no. kind of crazy. It's she was, if you will, a psycho killer. She was indeed. Ah, Let's play there. the song. Psycho killer, yeah. <laughs> and on that note, that grew on me an awful lot, the psycho yeah, killer. <laughs> I know. I've just finished that and I actually do feel slightly insane at the moment. I um, do feel <laughs> insane, but I kind of want another one, but I shouldn't. <laughs> That's the danger with these drinks, guys. You start off with them and go, oh God, you should never have a second one of these. But then they mellow and then you're like, yeah, oh, I'm feeling quite festive and happy. And you think, oh, another one of these would be fine. Don't do it. <laughs> I mean, we might, but still. <laughs> psycho killer, very, very interesting cocktail. Yeah, if by some miracle you have all of the ingredients I in think there your are a house. few people out there who might i have to god say. damn it do it do it try it see what happens and what do you think of angette's story i that's a great story proper melodrama all the way through what are your theories about you know was she crazy what 
degrees of crazy do we want to accept on this show and what don't we want to accept? We're not here to judge. Well, we're definitely here to judge, actually. Sinead judges an awful lot. (laughs) She's a very judgy person. Very, very judgy person. Thank you so much, Francis, for the inspiration for this week's episode. What a great find. So as Sinead always says, if you do know of a story, if you've got a little local story somewhere, let us know because absolutely these are gold dust and they're absolutely fantastic to 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 research and to retell to our delightful listeners and everyone who has sent in suggestions thank you so much we have noted all of them down we've got a list that we are working through we've got a stack of poisonous and we've, we've there were far more poisonous than we ever thought possible <laughs> we still keep getting suggestions through and we love some of the stories so we are going to work through those but definitely keep sending stuff through if you have mentioned one actually ages ago and for some reason it hasn't come up by all means remind us just just send us a reminder and say look i want to hear this one because we want we are here for you guys the recipe for the psycho killer will be out on social media this evening give you a bit of time to work through the hangover if, you, if you're in the UK yeah. if you're in America it'll be about hitting lunchtime so you can get <laughs> back on the drink absolutely acceptably um, and see yourself into 2021 start as you mean to go on with something completely insane because right. this should be the year that we do everything insane because there's no rules anymore uh, we really hope that you've enjoyed all the stuff that we've done this week to bring in the new year we'll be doing more stuff on Patreon so if you haven't joined us already already come and find us on there and see all of the extra bonus content you could be enjoying right now there is a link in the bio for the lovely merchandise we have so all some excellent hoodies going on it's getting chilly a hoodie is i feel in order um i have to get one for myself because it is getting really cold over here mine arrived and they are damn snuggly yeah so nice and cozy I just have to get one of those myself. I look forward to it. Well, thanks for listening, guys. We have been the people inside the Poisoner's Cabinet. We will see you next week. And remember, your loved ones are trying to kill you. Bye.